Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group Studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. 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 I don't even know what time it is. I do know that it's Sunday. Welcome to AAR. Ranch, Mark Walters, filling your prescription for freedom today on this gigantic monster cast on hundreds of radio stations around the nation. And it is all coming to you from the Car Firearms Group Studios, the Sig Sauer microphone. It's all brought to you by the great X Insurance. Greg over in Dallas, Texas, how you doing today? Uh, not too bad for Sunday, Gunday. It is a weird time thing with yeah. that time change. It's, <laughs> it's uh, dark you know, at 530 already. Believe it, I'm feeling it. It's just one hour, but I'm feeling it. But anyway, good heavens. We've got yeah. a lot to talk with our first guest, Alan Gottlieb, about. Would you tell people where to jump in the chat, please? And we'll go right to Alan. Yeah, sure. Briefly, head on over to your app store. Grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Thank you for that. The sugar-free Red Bulls are fired up. Alan Gottlieb, founder, Second Amendment Foundation. My friend, how are you today? I'm great, Mark, and great to be with you and your audience. It is always a pleasure. We have a lot to cover today. I have lots of bullet points for you, and I'm going to save some of the best for last. And that's uh, SCOTUS and the bump stock case and the Seventh Circuit. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to lead up to those two big news items. But, Alan, I want to start with some releases that the Second Amendment Foundation put out this week. First one that I have for you is a federal judge granting preliminary injunction in the SAF gun show case. That's in California, and that's a Second Amendment Foundation challenge of two California statutes prohibiting gun shows at the Orange County Fairgrounds on state-owned property while denying a requested state to allow the state time to file an appeal. Alan, this is just one of the cases in California. This one's been going on a while. Bring us up to speed here. Yeah, this is one of our 19 legal challenges to various California gun laws that are unconstitutional. And, of course, we get a judge that pretty much agreed with us, gave us a preliminary injunction so the state cannot enforce it. And then when they asked for uh, you know time to stay it so they could appeal it, he said no. The likelihood of them winning is slim to nil. Um, and so we had a really nice victory. This is you – know, this is falls on uh, top of a victory, a similar one we had against uh, uh, a county in California where we won this, and then the state was upset that we won it, so they passed a statewide law making it statewide. So it wasn't just like one county in California for their fairgrounds, but it was for the whole state, for, you know, government property, fairgrounds, et cetera, to be able to hold gun shows. And we, we filed suit against the state law, and this one moved a little quicker for us, and we got a really nice victory on it. But, Alan, so is this is just for Orange County, though, right? It's not statewide? No. No, it, 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 we sued Orange County, who also implemented the ban, and the state of California passed legislation uh, a lot saying you couldn't do it on ah, any state. Gotcha. 
property as well. So actually, that's why there's two ordinances there, and, and it affects uh, Orange County, plus it affects the state of California, both. We sued them all. Okay, so it's a preliminary injunction. What does that mean going forward? What's the next step? What do we expect the state in California to do, as if we couldn't already guess? Well, I'm going to assume they're going to, they're going to appeal it. Uh, and it'll go to a three-judge panel. But this is a case, this is not just a Second Amendment case, it's also a First Amendment case, because people have the right to assemble and to, you know, to be at fairgrounds and to, you know, to, to discuss firearm safety and do various other things. And so it's a First Amendment case as well as a Second Amendment case, and I don't think the state of California is going to win it on appeal even. Uh, so this one is one of those kind of cases that I don't think is ever going to head to the Supreme Court because we're going to win it all the way up to all the way up in the state's not going to appeal it that far. I hope you're right about that, because like everybody else, the cynicism kicks in. You know, this is California. We know they're going to appeal. And as we talk about every week, Alan, we have to be patient with these cases. And everybody thinks Nine Circus and the end run. It's like some people feel like we're just spinning our wheels. But that's not the case, ladies and gentlemen, particularly where the First Amendment is involved as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mark, you know, this is we've got three big victories now in the last few months in California. We got a victory against the you know magazine capacity ban. We got a victory against the so-called assault ban. We got the victory now against their uh, ban on gun shows. Uh, we, we've struck down also their their law on advertising gun advertising that might reach a minor or entice a, a minor or a young adult to want to ever own a firearm. We're striking that down right now too. Of course, they're appealing these, but with the fact that we're even winning these at lower court levels before we even have to go up the chain shows the impact of the Bruin Supreme Court decision. Right. Yeah. And again, at some point in time, ladies and gentlemen, as these these cases work their way through, I I, just my prediction, we're going to see a slew of Second Amendment cases going back to SCOTUS more than we've seen in a long time as a result of Bruin. I could be wrong about that. It's my opinion. But we'll watch this unfold. All right. Let's go. Let's go clear across the country to a Massachusetts, a Massachusetts high school. Uh, you know, this stuff angers me, Alan. This this goes back to the CNN town halls after Parkland and, you know, the whole gun control agenda push, the brainwashing and indoctrination of our kids. But the Second Amendment Foundation in the press release is calling a visit by Democrat Congresswoman Catherine Clark to a Massachusetts high school on Monday this past week, a partisan effort to indoctrinate students toward voting for anti-gun rights politicians. Would you tell us what happened here and give us the lowdown, because that is exactly what it is, indoctrination, and it's part of the left's long game, ladies and gentlemen. Pay careful attention here. Well, it's worse than indoctrination, Mark, because this is a congresswoman that urged students in the school to make sure they don't vote for, you know, uh, basically Republicans that support gun rights and that, and, and, and basically shred the Constitution uh, and, and just, you know, not only, you know, indoctrinated them, but then you called them to action at the same time um, on taxpayer dollars during a classroom, you know, normal school hour, school day. Uh, and, and this is how the Democrats, you know, and, and the anti-gunners use our school systems to indoctrinate and bully our children. Uh, and, and we got a number of complaints from, uh, uh, you know, parents in the school. And luckily, I, I hate, you know, I, I want to take my hat off and pat the media on the back. The Boston Globe, which is not exactly a pro-gun rights publication, it did not exactly take lightly to this. And, and they're the ones who helped expose it. Well, so what does that tell you when the Boston Globe takes a position like that? I find that interesting. Uh, I don't know. I just want to pat them on the back because they did the right thing <laughs> by, by, by breaking the story on this. Uh, and, 
that's important because normally the news media gets blackouts on this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but but luck, luckily they didn't. Uh, and I think there's an awful lot of parents that are really upset about what's going on in our schools. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of parents at school board meetings in Massachusetts over this. Yeah, and it's important to point out, Alan, that there are a lot of gun owners in Massachusetts. You know, it's, it's not just a cut-and-dry thing we see on the news. Massachusetts is a blue gun-hating state. No, the politicians are. Black, but there's yeah, lots of... Mark, Mark, hold on. I, I got to start tracking this. We're not looking at Massachusetts. Well, the Boston Globe's in Massachusetts broke the story. This is about a high school in Maine. In Maine, in Maine. But it's the Boston Globe. I, that's why I mentioned Massachusetts, yeah, because I've yeah. covered many stories from the Boston Globe. And we all tend to think that just because it's where it is that we're not going to see any pro-gun. And we do. We see lots of pro-gun people, lots of pro-gun people. We have to keep that in mind. All right. New poll. This is fascinating to me. Release came out on uh, November 1st, four days ago. Majority favors strict enforcement, not new gun loot, not new gun laws. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this was a Rasmussen survey that was conducted in the aftermath of the main mass shooting. And the Citizens Committee has said this for years. I'm a proud member of the board. Americans think enforcement of existing gun laws would do more to prevent gun-related violence than passing new laws. We see this time after time after time, but it's not what we hear all the time. And these types of surveys don't get the coverage they should, Alan. Are you shocked by this Rasmussen survey at all? Well, I'm not shocked, but I'm surprised a little bit because usually after an you know an incident like you know a crazy thing that happened in Maine, usually we get a you know a bump down in the polling data supporting gun rights for a few a few weeks at least afterwards, and this one actually gave us a bump up, not a bump down, which which I guess you could say is surprising. Also, Mark, this has been followed by two other polls this week that show the same thing. So it's not just an isolated poll now. And I did an interview with the uh, Epic Times about this because. They were surprised as well that we have you know three polls or so that have come out now since, since the tragedy in, in Maine, and it shows we got a bump up in support of gun rights basically, rather than uh, you know an, a, right. an attack on us. And want to know why? And I think there's two. This is what's the important part of this. This I think there's two reasons why. One is is that the murderer in in Maine was on the loose for a while, you know, for a few days. And no one knew where he was. People in Maine who were scared and wanted to protect themselves and their family went out and bought guns in, in, in rather large numbers. You know, people were arming themselves. People had guns, made sure they were readily available. Uh, and people realized that, you know, hey, you know, I'm my own first responder, so to speak. When something like this is a maniac loose in the community, I'm the only person that can take care of myself. And, and I think a lot of people made sure why didn't know where he was, and they were fearful as well. Had the same kind of feeling. Likewise, what's happened with Hamas and attack in Israel Everybody buying guns in Israel. People are, are seeing there's a real need and a good side of guns as well. You better believe it. When we come back, I'll give you the breakdown according to Rasmussen, and then we're going to cover two, two big cases. We'll be back right after this with Alan Gottlieb. Sig Sauer is the manufacturer of the game-changing P365 high-capacity micro-compact. This revolutionary new concealed carry pistol gives you more capacity, concealability, and capability. The award-winning Sig Sauer P365 redefines the category and has become the most desired handgun on the market today. Holding up to 17 plus one rounds, its ergonomic design makes it more shootable with a clean, crisp trigger pull you'd expect from Sig Sauer. The Sig P365, America's number one selling handgun for a reason. Visit SigSauer.com. 
It's well known that we live in a world where even good police officers can become targets for frivolous lawsuits. At X Insurance, we provide liability insurance for police officers to eliminate your exposure and to protect you. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions, so call us today or have your insurance agent call us. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com. The long-awaited six-hour P365 chambered in 380 is finally here. The new softer shooting, easier handling micro-compact option for everyday carry. With an identical grip module and slide with a 9mm, it'll fit all existing P365 holsters. The P365 380 is the most durable 380 micro-compact pistol on the market. Standard with SIG-like night sights and an optic cut, plus two 10-round magazines and a mag loader. The P365 380 is the ultimate micro-compact carry pistol, and you can find details at sixhour.com for the new P365 380. Defender Coffee was created by Patriots for Patriots. It's coffee for Americans devoted to defending the Second Amendment. It's coffee for Americans who understand that if you don't fight for your freedom, you lose it. That's why Defender Coffee donates profits to gun rights organizations that fight to defend the Second Amendment. When you drink Defender Coffee, every single cup defends your right to keep and bear arms. Visit DefenderCoffee.com today and get free shipping when you join the coffee club. DefenderCoffee.com. The revolutionary Crossbreed Super Tuck holster is the most comfortable and concealable inside the waistband holster you'll ever wear. And nothing even comes close. Designed to completely conceal a firearm of any size and made to be worn with any attire from shorts and a t-shirt to a suit and a tie. Based on your personal carry style, the Super Tuck may be worn comfortably with or without your shirt tucked in. Find out why the Crossbreed Super Tuck is the most often imitated but never duplicated holster design in the world. Visit CrossbreedHolsters.com today. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right, because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. AAR listeners, you know I love my barbecue and you know I love my fire pits. I've searched forever to find the perfect fire in cooking wood and for the last two years I've used nothing but cutting edge firewood. Cutting edge firewood is perfectly kiln dried, mold, moisture, and pest free. It lights with one match. It burns longer and hotter than that nasty big box crap you've been using. Shipped nationwide in boxes or racks and is cut in your choice of chunks, 8-inch splits, or 16-inch logs. Choose white oak, cherry, or hickory for that perfect fire or wood cooking experience. Visit CuttingEdgeFirewood.com today and use what we use here at AAR Ranch. The gold set from North American Arms. These beautiful mini revolvers are plated in 24 karat gold and are available in calibers 22 short, 22 long rifle, and 22 magnum. Available individually or as a set, each mini is equipped with synthetic white pearl grips, matching serial numbers, and a beautiful walnut display case with glass top. The gold set for a limited time at North American Arms. To add one, two, or three of these beautiful mini 24 karat gold plated revolvers to your collection, visit NorthAmericanArms.com today. Daniel Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Daniel Defense, they do represent freedom, passion, and precision. And if you've ever been to that facility like I have, you can smell it when you get close. 
And I do mean you can really smell it. DanielDefense.com. Get on their email list. Very cool stuff going on over there. DanielDefense.com. Please go out of your way to support all of our partners that make this show possible. Now, 15 years into this, ladies and gentlemen. And we couldn't do it without you, our affiliates, and we certainly couldn't do it without our partners. We thank each and every one of them. Support them. They provide this conversation to you six days a week. You can find them all at armedamericanradio.com. Welcome back to the Car Firearms Group Studios, the Sig Sauer Microphone. Mark Walters filling your prescription. It's all brought to you by X Insurance. Alan, quickly before I move to the two cases, the two big ones, according to Rasmussen, and I think this is important, 57% of voters say stricter enforcement of existing gun control laws would be, a, would be more effective, while 30% believe passing new laws would do more. The veteran polling firm also found that 71% of Republicans and 58% of independents favor stricter enforcement of current laws, while only 43% of Democrats concur, showing a marked philosophical difference between political affiliations. We don't, we're not shocked by that, but the combination of, of independents and Republicans is fairly substantial here. All right, let's now go to the Seventh Circuit. And the Seventh Circuit found, well, just the other day, on Friday, actually, that AR-15s are not protected by the Second Amendment. Now, it was a three-judge panel of the Seventh Circuit, and the judges were Ronald Reagan appointee Frank Easterbrook, Bill Clinton appointee Diane P. Wood, and Donald Trump appointee Michael P. Brennan, who dissented, Reagan appointee Easterbrook, and Bill Clinton appointee Diane P. Wood found, quote, the similarity between the AR-15 and the M-16 only increases when we take into account how easy it is to modify the AR-15 by adding a bump stock, as the shooter in the 2017 Las Vegas event had done, or auto-sear to it, thereby making it, in essence, a fully automatic weapon. In a decision addressing a ban on bump stocks enacted by the Maryland legislature, another federal court found that bump stock devices enable rates of fire between 400 to 800 rounds per minute. They went on. It's deeper than that. But they found that the plaintiffs were not likely to prevail on the merits. Does this set us up finally for Supreme Court? Because I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, yes. Uh, but again, this one case may not get to Supreme Court first because the Maryland assault and ban or the California assault and ban, which is further along, is probably going to get there first. Uh, but it will impact this case as well. Obviously, uh, this 2-1 ruling, uh, I'm, I'm disappointed with Judge Easterbrook, but he's fallen off the wagon for gun rights a long time ago, to be honest with you. Uh, he didn't like the, uh, the Heller decision. He didn't like the McDonald decision. Uh, you know, he didn't like Bruin. Uh, so it, it doesn't really surprise me. He, uh, I, I think, quite frankly, where he's really coming from on this is he just doesn't like the courts getting involved, turning over state laws, period. Uh, he thinks certain laws should be left up to the states. Well, I didn't say it in his opinion this way. He 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 pretty much is a government advocate, activist, uh, allowing government to do things uh, rather than supporting individual rights. Uh, so, quite frankly, it didn't surprise me. But eventually, again, we're going to win this case as well uh, as it goes on up. Again, some of the logic here about, you know, you can't add a bump stock to it, therefore that yeah. make the gun illegal. Uh, that has nothing to do with, with the law that they passed. The law, the law they passed has nothing to do with bump stocks. Um, you know, what, that fact somebody might take the gun and, and change the sear and, and alter it and, and, and make an illegal gun. There's no reason to ban a gun that is legal, so to speak. Uh, that's already against the law. The logic here is, is just crazy. Do you expect this to go to an end bank panel? Do we expect that's what's going to happen next? 
it might go to inbox panel. You know, it, 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 part of this is our lawsuit, uh, and I haven't had a chance to really discuss with our attorney on the strategy. If, if they just want to go straight to the U.S. Supreme Court or they want to go in bank, uh, in bank costs us a lot more money. It's another procedure, and we don't. We can take it to the Supreme Court. And I think probably that's what we're going to do. Yeah, Brennan's dissent was a strong one, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Here's part of what he wrote, and we will be talking about this for the next hour or a a portion of the hour with AWR Hawkins. Because the banned firearms and magazines warrant constitutional protection and the government parties have failed to meet their burden to show that their bans are part of the history and tradition of firearms regulation, preliminary injunctions are justified against enforcement of the challenge laws. And he dissented, Alan, from the majority decision, stressing that Illinois' assault weapons ban fails the Bruin test from 2022. So, ladies and gentlemen, here again is Bruin rearing its head, as it is going to do in many other cases, not just these. And here's the big one. Supreme Court agrees to review the gun rights challenge to the bump stock ban. The court said on Friday it would review a challenge to the federal ban on bump stocks. And I want to point out, ladies and gentlemen, that this goes back to the Trump years. Alan, your thoughts here. It goes back to the Trump years. The ATF Justice Department did it under Trump, but the actual... uh uh, the Fifth Circuit uh, ruled uh, 13 to 3 in Bonk that it's, it's not wasn't done legally and therefore it can't be enforced. The Biden administration is who asked the Supreme Court to inter- intercede in this, um, and the court took it. Again, this is really not a gun rights challenge. It's not a Second Amendment challenge. This is about uh, does the president and the administration have the legal authority to redefine what a gun is, again, by making stock a gun, so to speak, and, and banning it, or court does it need to have a congressional act passed by Congress first and then the president signing into law rather than the president making the law at the same time. Uh, and I think that's, why, that, that's what the Supreme, why the Supreme Court took it. It's about government procedures, it's about overreach of, of, of the uh, you know, in the Justice Department and the executive branch of government. Uh, it was an overreach by, by Trump, an overreach by Biden. Uh, and I think, quite frankly, that's why they took it. It, would, it makes perfect sense. And, be, boy, there's a lot to unpack here. I wish we had more time. Because change, this is a separation of powers issue. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I really wouldn't be surprised to see liberal justices join on this separation of powers issue. I wouldn't be shocked to see a 9-0 decision here, Alan, because it's not really a gun case. If they're intellectually honest, it would be a 9-0 decision. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Uh, I I can't see the uh, five Republican-appointed judges supporting this this bump stock ban the way it was done. They probably would be ha- someone would probably be very happy to, to support a ban on bump stocks if Congress passed it and 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 it was signed mm-hmm. into law uh, and done legally. But this was not done legally. And that's the takeaway, ladies and gentlemen. They probably would if it was passed by Congress and signed into law. It was not. And this has tentacles that are going to reach out from the ATF, for example, changing definitions for example, with pistol braces or changing definitions with forced reset triggers or the, and I hate the word, but I'll use it because what people know is the ghost gun issue, frames and receivers. Alan, we have 20 seconds. I'll give you the last word. I, I think we got in as much as we, as much as I thought I was going to get in. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just been a very busy week at the Second Amendment Foundation as, as the things you're talking about here. 
and I expect next week to be just as busy, too. So uh, <laughs> anybody want to find out what's going on and get the latest updates, saf.org, and they find out the late, latest legal cases. And join us, ladies and gentlemen. Alan, the website looks great, saf.org. Join us over there and help us in these fights. Alan Gottlieb, thank you very much, as always, for joining us to give us these critical, important updates. Ladies and gentlemen, Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Stephen Gutowski, next. long-awaited six-hour p365 chambered in 380 is finally here the new softer shooting easier handling micro compact option for everyday carry with an identical grip module and slide with a nine millimeter it'll fit all existing p365 holsters the p365 380 is the most durable 380 micro compact pistol on the market standard with sig like night sights and an optic cut plus two 10 round magazines and a mag loader the p365 380 is the ultimate micro compact carry pistol and you can find details at sixhour.com for the new p365 380 the gold set from North American Arms. These beautiful mini revolvers are plated in 24 karat gold and are available in calibers 22 short, 22 long rifle, and 22 magnum. Available individually or as a set, each mini is equipped with synthetic white pearl grips, matching serial numbers, and a beautiful walnut display case with glass top. The gold set for a limited time at North American Arms. To add one, two, or three of these beautiful mini 24 karat gold plated revolvers to your collection, visit NorthAmericanArms.com today. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact shell made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Hey, it's Mark and you know Mike supports the right to keep in bare arms and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts or call 800-978-9358 and remember use promo code AAR. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425 Four five four seventy twelve. 
Defender Coffee was created by patriots for patriots. It's coffee for Americans devoted to defending the Second Amendment. It's coffee for Americans who understand that if you don't fight for your freedom, you lose it. That's why Defender Coffee donates profits to gun rights organizations that fight to defend the Second Amendment. When you drink Defender Coffee, every single cup defends your right to keep and bear arms. Visit DefenderCoffee.com today and get free shipping when you join the coffee club. DefenderCoffee.com. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right. Because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. The Voice of Reason on KQAM, Wichita's Big Talker. And you're tuned into the Armed American Radio Network. Now let's get back to the man himself, Mark Walters. That's Andy Hoosier, the Voice of Reason, KQAM, Wichita's Big Talker up there in Wichita. We love you guys, and we love Andy Hoosier, and we thank you so much for lending him to Armed American Radio on a regular basis and for the rejoin. He is, in my estimation, Wichita's favorite son, Andy Hoosier, the Voice of Reason. Thanks for the rejoin, buddy. We'll talk to you this week on the radio. Welcome back inside the Car Firearms Group Studios with me here at AAR Ranch. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom in front of this powerful Sig Sauer microphone on hundreds of radio stations across the nation as we come to you live today on a Sunday. And it's that weird time change day, unless you live in Arizona or a couple other places. Bless your hearts for not having to deal with that nonsense. And it's all brought to you every day, including today by X Insurance. Stephen Gatowski from The Reload, formerly of Washington Free Beacon, and TheReload.com doing amazing work. Stephen, I have to tell you, first off, I'm so sorry to hear about Headband Harper and the Philadelphia (laughs) Phillies going down. I just wanted to throw that out there because I just don't like the guy. <laughs> I, yes, I know you've told me he did beat your Braves. So, uh, but I am no. The I Braves beat themselves. The Braves beat themselves. I, <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever we get really tight with the Phillies and stuff like that, Stephen, when I will text back and forth while the games are live. Absolutely, we have a great time. We have a great time together, Father. That love baseball really do. But um, I, I, congratulations! Won, so I'm pretty happy tonight. Yeah, <laughs> who just won? I missed that. What? Yeah. The Eagles just won, so I'm pretty. Oh, happy the Eagles! I honestly, I haven't watched a football game in. Oh well, see, I did know they were playing, but I haven't watched a game in a long time. So I guess if you're an <laughs> Eagles fan, that's awesome, and I know you are because of the whole Philly connection. <laughs> so, Stephen, your analysis—I got to—I got to hand it to you, spot on. Your analysis of the Supreme Court's cases coming up, including the bump stock case, is probably some of the best I've read. And ladies and gentlemen, let me just quote a little bit here. And this is a good segue because uh, we were just talking with Alan Gottlieb about this to close the segment. The Supreme Court is taking up the bump stock case ban or the bump stock ban and an NRA case, which we didn't talk to with Alan, but we will with Stephen. But don't expect the outcomes to tell us much about the Second Amendment. Tell us why. 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting, right? It sounds counterintuitive because it's the case with the NRA, right? And right. the case involving the bump stock ban. You would think that these are Second Amendment cases, but they're actually not. They're, uh, one's a case about the ATF's power uh, to redefine what you know a bump stock is in order to ban it. And then the other one is uh, actually a First Amendment case. It goes back to that story I'm sure a lot of your audience remembers from years ago where the New York, there was a New York financial uh, officer who tried to intimidate banks, essentially, into not working with the NRA. And so the NRA filed suit over that, and that's what the Supreme Court just took. I'm, I'm really happy that the Supreme Court took that case. The NRA could really use a win here, Stephen. They, they, need yeah. a, they need a win, and this is a good case for them. But it is. It, you say it's almost intuitive. It, it really truly is, because when you hear bump stocks, and you hear NRA, your mind immediately defaults to what? Guns and gun rights, Second Amendment issues. Let's talk first about the Cargill case, and that is the bump stock case, Garland v. Cargill, which, as you point out, is primarily about the ATF's administrative power. And that's critical, Stephen, because the ATF has been redefining whatever they want in complete flagrant disregard of what's coming out of the Fifth Circuit in multiple cases, saying, no, you can't do that. Only Congress can do these things. Yet this administration continues to show us and shove their disdain for SCOTUS right down our throats. They just ignore the Constitution. This is a very important case because of the ATF weaponized, redefining things it doesn't like to fit their political agenda. This is absolutely a case that while it doesn't pretend to the Second Amendment, it's not going to tell us more about what the Supreme Court thinks about the Second Amendment. It is going to have a big impact on gun owners in the the short to midterm here because it's going to have a big effect on all of these uh, ATF rules that have that have come out in the last several years. And and that's actually honestly for your average gun owner that the, the implications of this case, the cargo case, are probably bigger than the implications of, like, Rahimi, which is about the Second Amendment. So, you know, it's pretty interesting in that sense. Yeah, and I I will go as far as saying that when this is all said and done, depending on how the case rules here, and I I just made the prediction with Alan, because it's not a Second Amendment case, look, we know the liberal justices and probably some of the conservative justices, like a Roberts, might be real squishy here, okay, not really sure what he would do, but if, as honest, as Alan said, if they're honest, this is about separation of powers. Does the ATF have the ability to go around Congress and redefine the law? Redefine the law. Literally, hear what I'm saying here. Redefine the law as a regulatory agency that then enforces that law and enforces the penalty and issues the charges. I mean, it's a clear-cut case of, no, you're overstepping your bounds. I... I I'm going to say it's a 9-0 decision. I really do believe that. I could be wrong. We don't get a lot of those anymore. But, I mean, if they're being honest, that's exactly what should happen here. Well, we, we actually do get a lot of the unanimous decisions. It's just not on very you know, controversial cases or, or cases that get talked about a lot. So it, it certainly could happen. Uh, I do think that, at the very least, you know, if you look at, uh, instead of looking at the Second Amendment jurisprudence of this court, for this case, you should look at how it's still dealt with administrative power. And it really has been pretty skeptical of, of administrative power over the last uh, couple sessions here. And so I, it does feel like Cargo has a good chance of winning. Now, you know, the, on the other side of that, usually if, a court, if the court takes up a case, it's because it doesn't 
you know, necessarily like the lower court decision. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen here. You know, in, in the lower court, obviously, the Fifth Circuit uh, said that the, the ban was uh, outside the power of the ATF and struck it down. Um, but when it did that, it created a circuit split because other appeals courts had upheld it. Right. And I think it's there's less to take from that sort of tea leaf reading and and more important is how the court has looked at administrative power, which they, to this point, have been pretty skeptical of. Yeah, and you know, I I say that it, you know, my prediction is 9-0. I'm, I know I'm being a little bit optimistic there. Do you think because it contains bump stocks that that's going to infect the decision from the liberal justices who normally, if this were a Second Amendment case, we can pretty much know how they would vote already? You think they're going to let that eke its way into the decision? I, I know it's hard to answer that question. I'd like to say no, but we all know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, what I would say is maybe take a look at the Fifth Circuit ruling, right? You did have dissents in that case where they were sort of uh, kind of accusing the majority of like legalizing a weapon of murder, sort of. That was kind of the language that was used in that dissent. So, you know, that wasn't as much about the legal back and forth over the ATF's power. And And I will say, like, a lot of the... Part of this does come down kind of to who you believe about uh, whether bump stocks fit the current definition of machine gun. Um, no, you know, I, I think it's pretty <laughs> it's clear that they don't. But right. But, uh, you know, there have been judges that have argued this, you know, that gets into like a technical thing about, you know, whether or not you have to continue to pull that trigger because of the way bump stocks work. It's. That's the only complication I would see there is like if you can peel off some of these justices because they just don't really uh, believe that it's not a machine gun under the current definition, then you then cargo is going to run into problems. But, uh, you know, that's that's your first step. Right. If you get past that, it's it's much more likely that, you know, yeah, they're probably not going to be OK with what the ATF did after that point. Yeah, you're, I, I agree with you on that. And the, the concern here is, and again, if the justices get past that bump stock issue, which I'm hopeful they will, this goes right smack to whether you like a bump stock or don't like a bump stock, does the ATF, as a regulatory body, have the ability to redefine things to fit their current political agenda? And that's what's happening here. When we come back, Stephen, let's talk a little bit about Rahimi. That's an ugly case. It really, truly is. But there's some far-reaching implications to that, of course. It is a Second Amendment case, as you point out. And I want to talk about the Supreme Court. Well, we'll get ready to take a break. When we come back, we'll cover what we can with Stephen Gutowski. We'll go to Rahimi next. At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products, from top to bottom, is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right. Because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. 
Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits do arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions, so call us today or have your insurance agent call us, and we can work with them to fill any gaps in your existing policy. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com. Defender Coffee was created by patriots for patriots. It's coffee for Americans devoted to defending the Second Amendment. It's coffee for Americans who understand that if you don't fight for your freedom, you lose it. That's why Defender Coffee donates profits to gun rights organizations that fight to defend the Second Amendment. When you drink Defender Coffee, every single cup defends your right to keep and bear arms. Visit DefenderCoffee.com today and get free shipping when you join the coffee club. DefenderCoffee.com. Sig Sauer, the largest and most comprehensive firearm manufacturer in the world, also feeds your firearms. Sig Sauer manufactures the ultimate self-defense round, delivering exceptional on-target energy, maximum weight retention, and optimal expansion at all effective distances. Sig Sauer Elite Defense Ammunition is available in all popular calibers and features V-Crown jacketed hollow-point projectiles for maximum expansion and weight retention. It's the ultimate defensive ammunition. For more information, visit SigSauer.com today. The long-awaited Sig Sauer P365 chambered in 380 is finally here. The new softer shooting, easier handling micro-compact option for everyday carry. With an identical grip module and slide with a 9mm, it'll fit all existing P365 holsters. The P365 380 is the most durable 380 micro-compact pistol on the market. Standard with Sig Light night sights and an optic cut, plus two 10-round magazines and a mag loader. The P365 380 is the ultimate micro-compact carry pistol, and you can find details at SigSauer.com for the new P365 380. AAR listeners, you know I love my barbecue and you know I love my fire pits. I've searched forever to find the perfect fire in cooking wood and for the last two years I've used nothing but cutting edge firewood. Cutting edge firewood is perfectly kiln dried, mold, moisture and pest free. It lights with one match. It burns longer and hotter than that nasty big box crap you've been using. Shipped nationwide in boxes or racks and is cut in your choice of chunks, 8 inch splits or 16 inch logs. Choose white oak, cherry or hickory for that perfect fire or wood cooking experience. Visit cuttingedgefirewood.com today and use what we use here at AAR Ranch. Car, the 25th anniversary K9 and the venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research, the classic Desert Eagle available in 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR, biggest, finest revolvers, and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance, the classics. Thompson, that's right, the Tommy Gun, the incredible M1 carbine, and the one and only classic 1911. Car Firearms, a family of brands standing for your family's freedom. Mike Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach, Virginia, supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment, and I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters. Ah, oh, welcome back, boy. This hour flew right by. Greg's on the on the. I was going to say, boy, you're on the Zoom button today, brother Greg in Dallas, Texas. Good heavens, slow it up it. a bit. Yeah, the music was cutting me off at the break. I'm like, okay, let's get back to it. And boom, the break is over just like that. So that means buckle in, ladies and gentlemen. The next two hours are going to fly as well. 
Back in the Car Firearms Group studios with you. The Sig Sauer mic is fired up for you. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom. X Insurance brings it all. And I am in the process of working with underwriters right now for my true umbrella policy. And when we have some time, I'll talk about that also on the Daily Defense as I go through that process. This stuff is the real deal. And you're going to want to listen to me as I take that journey and get that new X policy. Let's go back to Stephen Gutowski, founder of The Reload. Stephen, the Rahimi case, let's go there. You've written about it. Uh, this is an ugly case, N- no question. This is not, you know, a good person. You write that it has implications. Let me just quote you. That, that's not to say the court's decision in Rahimi won't have major implications. It is guaranteed to provide us with at least some direct commentary on Second Amendment protections. It will provide the first insight into who can be restricted from owning firearms since the court handed down its landmark decision in 2022's New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. But this is a really bad guy. And I, I, I sense the media coming at us, and they're going to. We know that. Oh, those gun nuts out there, all those gun rights activists want these bad people to have guns. Can you enlighten us as to the importance of Rahimi before we move to the Seventh Circuit and the AR ban? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what Rahimi really comes down to is what standard the court is going to go with as far as, uh, you know, who can be barred from owning guns. You know, we didn't, uh, Bruin didn't get to that point. There's been a lot of uh, dissension in the lower courts over this to, so far. Um, this is, as you sort of mentioned, a, a very favorable case for the Biden administration to take up. That's why they chose this one to appeal first. Right. But, uh, you know, you could get either, you know, the, the government wants – a, a, and gun control groups sort of want a, uh, a law-abiding standard. You know, they kind of picked out all the times the court has used the words law-abiding in its previous decisions and said that should be the standard. Obviously, there's significant problems with that, which is because it's a very broad standard. Like, what does law-abiding mean? Does it just mean mm-hmm. anyone who commits any sort of crime? Uh, I doubt the court's going to go for that. You have sort of the ACLU offered up kind of a middle ground of dangerousness, um, and, and you even saw David Kopel has a, is sort of in the dangerousness thing where you have to have proof that somebody is dangerous, either themselves or others, before you can restrict their access to guns. Um, of course, uh, and then, and then of course, you also have a lot of guys who are, a lot of, a lot of parties who are saying, well, it, none of this matters because there isn't an analog, right? There's no analog to this specific law. Uh, and the court could go that way, uh, yeah, and that would that would be where the Fifth Circuit ended up, right? It's not impossible. I think it's more likely, personally, um, that they're going to go to the dangerousness standard uh, because mm-hmm. that will solve a lot of issues in the sense that I don't know if the court really wants to strike down a ton of established gun laws, you know, reg- regardless of what the standard says, right, regardless of what Bruin might imply in a lot of cases. There's you still have um, you know Roberts and Kavanaugh had that that concurrence in Bruin that suggested that maybe they might not be willing to do right all of that. So I, I think they'll come to some sort of middle ground like a dangerousness standard. But we'll, you know we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, this case is not a nine zero, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I can tell you that right offhand, and I can also tell you that the media is going to beat up gun rights supporters on this case as it works its way through the court. But we will wait and see, and I know you'll be covering it like you do always very thoroughly let's go to the seventh circuit case ah boy um you've written about it on the reload or one of your uh one of your partners has written about it over on the reload and i know this is something that you've talked about before on your podcast etc 
and I wish I had time to go into Maine with you. I don't think I'm going to. But the Seventh Circuit upholding Illinois assault weapons and magazine bans. What's the reloads thought on this right over here? Uh, you know, I think they did it in a really interesting way because it's a totally novel approach we haven't seen since Bruin. Uh, they kind of made this distinction between what this panel considers military weapons and mm -hmm. civilian weapons, um, which is a very sort of odd thing. And it's, that's common. You hear that a lot in media, right? But but people who know guns understand that, that there really isn't a distinction like that in real life. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what they did. They said that basically, you know, in Heller, the court talked about how M16s could be banned in a in what's called dicta, which is non-binding you know, uh, the comments that the court made. And uh, so that from that, this this panel took uh, took that and ran with it and said, well, you know, there's sort of military useful guns. You can ban those. And the AR-15 is similar enough to an, a an M16 uh, that you can also ban that because it's like a military weapon. So, you know, it's kind of a new thing. You haven't really seen this this logic tried it out before and honestly you know it probably what it does most is move the case along which i think that's really what gun rights advocates want they want the court the, the supreme mm -hmm. court to take up one of these cases that's what everybody wants to see and so you know i, I think most people who when that panel was drawn they knew it wasn't necessarily going to be a gun-friendly panel and so um you know it's obviously bad news in the sense that for, for gun owners in Illinois, because this law goes and is in effect now, right. and uh, right. uh, you know, but uh, but it's good news in the sense that the timeline gets moved up. So you know, you're past this panel's decision. Now you can move on potentially to the Supreme Court itself. Uh, it sort of depends on uh, you know how fast the Supreme Court wants to act, but it does move things along in that sense. It definitely does, because there are, there are a number of these cases out there. And what they did, ladies and gentlemen, that Stephen was referring to, they created a distinction. The two judges created a distinction that said the, that but they had to stretch to make the AR-15 a military weapon. They had to say it had to be they, they, they came out and said it could be affixed with this. It could be affixed with that, et cetera, even though it doesn't come with all of that. Yeah, we could say the same thing about lots of things. And I, like Alan Gottlieb told us, that this is probably not going to be the case that gets to the Supreme Court first. My bet, his bet, and I, I think you would agree with me, was likely going to be Maryland assault weapons ban because of, of where it, it is be. in the process. It should be Maryland's. They've just been holding know, on to that forever now. Yeah, yeah and he's, he, that was remanded back. So I, I think Maryland will come first. But ladies and gentlemen, don't be afraid. I, I know it sucks for you if you live in Illinois. It really does. However... Don't be afraid of this. You know, the left will like to say it was a setback. It's, it's for us. This is a case. That we want these cases to go to the Supreme Court. So I'm not unhappy about this. I, I know, you know, I say that as, as a non-Illinois president. But at the same time, we want this to move along, as you were talking about. Stephen Gatowski, awesome work, as always. Tell people where they can find the reload and get in like I did as one of the original members. It's great stuff. Yeah, you can head over to Reload.com and sign up for our free newsletter to check it out. And then if you want to support what we're doing, you can buy a membership as well. And it's cheap to do, ladies and gentlemen. And you get all of Stephen Gutowski's fantastic insight and contributors like Fogelman, who wrote this piece about the Seventh Circuit. And you get on that email list, and you're not going to get bombarded with a lot of stuff. Just really cool stuff that you're going to want to read about what's going on with your gun rights. Stephen Gutowski, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. 
And, well, we've got another season coming up next year. We'll, we'll fight each other over. But we get a break. <laughs> we get a break for the next few months. Stephen Gatowski, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, from The Reload. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for being here. Thank when you. we come back, we've got a full, solid hour with AWR Hawkins from Breitbart News. We're going to do a Breitbart News Hour. Lots to cover with him. He's always colorful. And we'll talk about some of these things we just talked about in this hour, but we'll get AWR Hawkins' take from Breitbart News on all of this. Armed American Radio's MonsterCast continues from the Car Firearms Group studios here at AAR Ranch. Mark Walters in front of the Sig Sauer mic, and it's all brought to us by X-Insurance. Back at six minutes after on the flip side. You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425 425- Four five four seventy twelve. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Hey, it's Mark and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts or call 800-978-9358 and remember use promo code AAR. 